I always say like the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box. It actually helps you get out of the box. And mm -hmm. so we're all living these lives of, you know, sometimes in stress, I'm sure right now, especially with COVID and everything going on in the world, we live these, um, these points of our lives in a stressful situation or we're behaving a certain way. But once we know the motivations behind that, we can kind of climb out of the box that we've put ourselves in and learn how to adjust our behaviors because we can fix our motivations. Welcome to the One Strong Mama podcast, the no BS show that's not afraid to get real about all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. We're talking with visionaries who are challenging the status quo and changing the world one pregnancy and one birth at a time. I'm Lindsay McCoy, mama four, exercise physiologist, doula, and childbirth educator. My passion is making pregnancy, childbirth, and recovery better. And I'm also passionate about coconut LaCroix. And I'm Lauren O'Hayan, a mom of three girls, lover of all things tropical. I have never had coconut LaCroix. And I am known for my work with the core and pelvic floor. Today's show is all about the Enneagram. I love the Enneagram. I've been really into it for a lot of years and I love that this amazing way of looking at personality is catching on and becoming more mainstream. And it has been personally very transformative for me in how I um, my own self journey of transformation and also just how I relate to other people and relationships. And I think it can be so important and helpful for working through pregnancy, childbirth, and birth work. So I knew that it was going to be amazing if we could get an expert on the show to discuss it. So we brought on Ashton. Her Instagram is Enneagram Ashton, and she walked us through all the nine personality types of the Enneagram and how each of them might prepare a little bit differently for their birth. We also walk through how each type may show up in a work environment, and it was really fascinating to hear about, for example, how a type two doula might work a little bit differently than a type eight doula and all of the different types. We look at strengths and pitfalls of all the various types, interactions between them. Please listen to the episode and then head over to our Instagram account, One Strong Mama Prenatal, and tell us whether you're a birth worker, a pregnant person, a yoga teacher, whatever. I want to hear what type you are. And after listening, I want to hear how it shows up for you, either in your work as a whatever you are or your pregnancy and birth journey. I'm also super curious to see if we have some patterns that will emerge after that. Maybe let's say there's tons of twos that are drawn to birth work. I don't know. Let's find out. Maybe there's no patterns at all and that will be in its own way very fascinating. So please listen to this amazing episode and then head over to our Instagram page and let's keep this conversation going. Ashton Whitmoyer-Ober is a community psychologist and certified Enneagram coach. Am I saying Enneagram correctly? Yes. <laughs> okay. She received her BA in psychology from East Carolina University and her MA in community psychology and social change from Penn State University. As an entrepreneur at heart, she opened her first business at 22. I want to know what that was. She was featured in Mika... Why are these names so hard? <laughs> Mika Brzezinski's book, Know Your Value, involved in the MSNBC Grow Your Value contest, 
Ooh, I want to know about that too. And her writing has been published on msnbc.com. Since closing her retail business, ooh, is that the business that you started at 22? <laughs> Ashton works in the sexual and relationship violence prevention field and has her own Enneagram and life coaching business called Enneagram Ashton. Her book, The Enneagram for Relationships, came out in March 2020. Ashton is a writer, public speaker, and advocate for the underdog. I love that. I want to hear all about everything. <laughs> So we, we always begin with like, tell us how you got into this and about your beginnings and all your dirty secrets right away. Just kidding. Just about how you got into, I mean, pick and choose, but yeah. um, we'd love to hear your beginnings. Yeah. So I don't know, like our beginnings, like where do beginnings even start? You know, it's so funny to think about. Um, but I, yeah, I've always been interested in psychology even from a very young age i remember going to bookstores with my mom and sister and going right to the personality section for some odd reason like even as like a 10 11 year old and just always been super interested in it and so i knew that when it came time for college and deciding what i was doing with my life that psychology was probably going to be it but i did take this random turn and decided to um, open my own women's boutique at 22 when I graduated from college and did that for five years. But what um, I felt was missing was ironically being able to help people and specifically um, mental health based. And so if you know anything about the Enneagram, I am a two. And so that's like pretty much a two's MO is, is wanting to help. And so I decided to close my store and I went back to graduate school and just became interested in the Enneagram specifically because it can be used as a tool. And it's not like other personality tests where they tell you who you are and they leave you at that and you move on. It's more of this is um, the motivation behind your behavior. And so you can use it as a tool to adjust and grow. And that's just what, um, yeah, just what excited me about it. And so from there, I, I decided to create my own Instagram account called Enneagram Ashton in January 2019, and it just exploded from there, became a coach, and now um, it's what I do every day is I help people become the best version of themselves, and it's literally my dream. That's amazing. So you said you touched on it a little bit, so I'd love to hear how Enneagram is different from other personality tests. So there's like Myers-Briggs, there's all kinds of personality tests out here. What you said that you like how this talks about the motivations. Can you go into that more? Like what is the Enneagram? Maybe how many numbers are there? Like where can someone figure out who, what theirs is? Yeah, the Enneagram stands for Ennea actual, actually equals nine. And then gram equals like a picture, a visualization. And so if you're looking at the symbol of the Enneagram, it is nine points. So there are nine different types. And I like to say it's like nine different ways of viewing the world, nine different lenses. 
And so each of the types has its own motivations and its own fears and desires. And so that's what makes it different from traditional personality tests like Myers-Briggs, StrengthsFinders, the DISC assessment. All of those do a really great job of telling you like who you are, Mm -hmm. some of your behaviors, you know, if you're introverted or extroverted, things like that, where the Enneagram comes in and says, that we can all share behaviors, but it's the motivation behind them that are different. And so, for example, like twos are motivated by a need to feel loved and wanted, whereas eights are motivated by a need to um, be protected and to be in control. So every one of the nine types has a different motivation. That's really cool. And I know there's ranges with all of those. I think there's like the unhealthy eight versus the healthy eight. So I- so it probably looks different on different people. Is that, exactly. Is and that that's right? why you can look at your friend who may be the same type as you and be like, I don't feel like I'm anything like them. But that's because um, I always say like each Enneagram type has a color and think about how many different shades of that color there are. And so like say threes are blue and you have like five threes in a room there are, you know, there could be five different shades of blue among them. Mm, that's good. I like that. So they're all kind of different shades. I found even for myself that I have, you know, as I, I used to think I was one number and now I'm pretty sure I'm a different number, but I think it was just maybe me moving along my journey of, you know, becoming my healthiest self maybe and realizing maybe I didn't I had shoved down my basic desires and basic fears and I just kind of like took whatever number my Enneagram expert people told me I was. Yeah. You know, and I think you can't do that, right? Is it like you have to self-identify? Is that correct? Yes. And so that's why like a lot of the people who are trained on the Enneagram will tell you tests are a great place to start. But honestly, like being able to reflect on the different motivations and just to decide on your own is the best way to figure out because, um, you know, even if, even if we don't try a lot of the time when we are, um, a lot of times when we are answering tests like that questions to tests like that, we are, um, you know, like showing off a side that we want to be. And even if we think that we're not doing that, most of the time we are. And so it's hard to really get to the motivation of why we're doing things. And so that's why, you know, a lot of people like a quick fix, but tests sometimes aren't that way, the way to go. Sure. So, so maybe can oh, I yeah, from, <laughs> while my Wi-Fi hasn't kicked me off, I just want to say something. Um, I'm curious because, um, and I can't remember my number already. I think I'm an eight, but You're an eight, I sure. am such a nonconformist. Is that part of being an eight? And I yes. prude, <laughs> um, and I'm so I'm so trusting. But on one hand, but on the other hand, I hate um, I hate I hate being boxed into you know labels. I hate labels. I hate all of that. So I'm curious about, and I'm sure that's probably part of my personality type. But I, I feel like the danger in something like all of these personality tests is that um, it can really box you in. And like, what what influences what? Right at at the point that you know 
what you are. Like I always resist knowing, I don't want to know because then I'm like, I don't want that to influence who I am and how I am and how I see people because it can be so influential. And um, I mean, scientific research, like, uh, you know, placebo effect shows us how influential our belief systems are on outcomes. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. Does yeah. that question make sense? Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, always say, like, I don't want to be put in a box. I'm, you know, like I have so many different pieces of me and I don't want to just like fit within this box. Um, and so I always say like the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box. It actually helps you get out of the box. And mm -hmm. so we're all living these lives of, you know, sometimes in stress, I'm sure right now, especially with COVID and everything going on in the world, we live these, um, these points of our lives in a stressful situation or we're behaving a certain way. But once we know the motivations behind that, we can kind of climb out of the box that we've put ourselves in and learn how to adjust our behaviors because we can fix our motivations. That's interesting. So um, can you but still hear me? that's very eight of you to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm not in it. Don't tell me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I just think that it's, I mean, we're all being influenced all the time by everything, right? Like right. marketing, we're all being influenced all the time. So my brain automatically goes to that's going to influence, like knowing all this information. Sometimes knowing so much information is not helpful. Mm -hmm. Right. So <laughs> For me, Lauren, I want to say for me, and I want to see what you think, Ashton, for me, knowing or maybe not knowing for sure, but kind of guessing what people around me are has helped me to be able to work and live with them better. For example, I am surrounded by eights. Um, Lauren and my husband mm -hmm. are both eights and they can come off very um, strongly and I love that. And I love that there's no passive aggressiveness, but I had to realize like, that's how these people, that's how eights communicate. And it's not, it doesn't. Very direct. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good thing, but I think I, I could sometimes be offended by things that I didn't need to be offended by if I didn't realize, oh, they're, they're just to the point. Like they're not trying to be mean. That's just telling, saying it how it is. Right. So I can appreciate that. And maybe like I can appreciate about a lot of different numbers. So yeah. let's, I'm curious now, of course, I'm like, my brain is spinning its wheels. So now I'm like, okay, wait, I have questions. I'm curious about, let's, let's talk about like pregnancy and birth, right? Cause that's what this podcast is about. Um, and do I understand correctly, Ashton, are you pregnant? I am pregnant. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. What <laughs> week are you, you in? 21 today. Amazing. So are you starting to feel like the amazingness of the second trimester or you're probably you know, It ebbs and flows. Like I still mm. feel like I need my afternoon nap every now and then. Oh, yeah. And there are times I'm still a little gaggy, but oh, <laughs> um, it's Lord. definitely better than the first trimester. I just don't have quite as much energy as everybody talks about. So I don't know. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> okay. So you're a two. How does a two, I mean, I don't want to, I'd love our listeners to understand a myriad of numbers and not just what me, you and Lindsay are, but totally, yeah. um, how does a two, like, how does it come up? Give us some relevant, you know, make it relative to us. I, I was going to share a little story, which was that with my third, I had this pregnancy complication and I was told I needed a C-section and 
I basically refused to buy into it. It was a serious complication. I was told I needed weekly monitoring. I refused to do that. I told my midwife I was having a home birth no matter what. I was like <laughs> really adamant. And I ended up having a home birth um, it, because my complication at the very last minute was made way for me to be cleared for a home birth. But um, other women that I knew going through similar things or other pregnant people that I knew, they basically thought I was nuts and would have never gone down that route and would have just said, okay, like the doctor said, I need a C-section. And so I'm curious, and I don't feel like a, a martyr. I don't feel like I'm a winner here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get in trouble all the time because I'm so, <laughs> I fight convention, but <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, like, what does one, what does one do with this? And like, what is me having an eight? I guess you would say me being an eight has a lot to do with how that played out. But yeah. But but how do people, like, how do we use our personality to better us? Because it could have been really reckless and irresponsible of me too. Mm -hmm. So so where's the balance? And yes. Yeah. So for eights, eights love to be in control. And Mm -hmm. so that was you making sure that you were in control of the situation. Mm -hmm. They also are extremely protective of the people around them. And so that probably came out too as being like protective of your baby and wanting to make sure you were doing what was right for you. So what about you? So with the two, how do you see, or how any number that you can think of, like, I would love to hear a little bit more about what you think. I know it's a little bit on the fly, what you think different numbers, how they prepare for birth differently or go through this process differently. Yeah. And maybe some different pitfalls that they, each one might need to get away from. That's what I was trying to get at. Like, was I being too eight in that situation? And how do you know when you're being two of your number, too much of a two? And how do you know how to temper it to still make that smart decision? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me start first with, um, each type, like while they're pregnant, going through delivery. So for ones, ones are really concerned about being right. And so they'll want to make sure that they're doing everything the right way, following all the rules. So like they would not have done what you were doing in that situation because they would have made sure that they were doing like following the rules of, of whoever or whatever at that moment. Um, And so then twos, like twos, have a hard time with pregnancy because they're, they have to slow down a little bit and not help other people as much. They help themselves. Mm. Yeah. They have to help themselves. And that, that's really hard for twos to do that. Um, also they like, don't love being like, I'll give you an example. They're starting to plan like a baby shower for me. And I'm like really concerned that everybody's okay with it. Like, oh, I'm really concerned sure. about, um, so like, everybody that ever. I just want everybody to be happy. I just want everybody to, you know, like, be okay with the location, even though, like, it's a thing for me. Like, I'm more concerned about every how everybody else is feeling about it. Yeah. And I won't, you know, if it's, if COVID is still really, really bad in our area, like, I won't even, you know, I'll be, like, the first person to cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then threes, like threes are 
like I always think of threes as like the super moms who, um, you know, are typically they're known as workaholics, but for the moms who like don't work or their full-time job is being a mom, they're investing every single thing into that. And so they're trying to be the best mom that they can be the best, um, you know, pregnant woman that she can be. And so whatever that looks like is sometimes like is getting the, um, most up and coming brand of like stroller or really, you know, like looking into what can make their experience the best. And that's me. I thought I was a six for a long time, but I, I'm definitely a three. I am a go-getter and I think probably was the same for birth. My interestingly enough, my first birth, I was really like, I didn't, I tried not to, I prepared a lot, I guess I read a lot of books. So I thought I was prepared, but when that birth didn't go as I hoped it would go, I really obsessed, like research, researched incessantly. I knew everything. I mean, now I literally work in birth, so I clearly got obsessed with it, but, um, yeah, I, I guess I, I can see that in myself for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So let's, let's move on. Let's hear about yeah. the four. Um, the fours are, you know, they're like the most unique on the Enneagram. And so they're going to want to do things differently mm. than, um, than what's considered like quote normal or anything. This might be your people who, you know, are doing home births or water births or like trying to not fit into the social norm. Yeah. And I think I have a four wing. So I can see that me with my yeah. like, home births, water birth, like just trying to do things, even just how I parent. Yeah. Not like, like the what's the wing? Well. Did I miss that? Oh, we should talk like, Laura, I'm so into the anagram. I'm just like, oh yeah, the wing. So <laughs> can you explain wings quick? Yes. Yeah, so the wings are on either side of your main type. And the point of them is that you can pull characteristics of that type into like who you are. So I'm a two with a very strong three wing. Um, and so like, um, you said that you are a three with a four wing. So there are times that, um, you might use both wings or you might focus on one wing over the other. It's just the point that you can sometimes look like that type because you pull in those characteristics, but the motivation is your main type. Okay. That's yes. okay. That's interesting. So I just want to be all the types. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just want a piece of everything. I mean, well then we could go into like, where you go when you're healthy, where you go when you're sad. That's what I'm curious. There's yeah. so many things, but I want to get through all the numbers. So okay. four is like the, the unique one. Go against the flow. They want to be yeah. unique. Okay. Let's go to the five. The five. They're going to want to research everything. So they're going to be the ones that are like spending a lot of time on Google you know, maybe buying all the books, um, just making sure that they have all the information possible before birth, before pregnancy, like all of that. Yeah. So it sounds like like a five, even like, let's say a five and a one, they may look very similar because they are both researching like crazy, or maybe me, the three, like I was researching like crazy. Mm-hmm. But my, my reason behind it was maybe my motivation was yeah. maybe different. That makes sense. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
So the fives are going to research like crazy. Yep. The sixes, because their biggest um, motivation is to be safe and secure. So they're probably the ones that are going to worry the most. Mm. And so they're going to want to, um, again, like make sure they have all the information, but it's to make sure that they are prepared. So they're always the ones that want to be prepared. And then they're always the ones that want to make sure that they're doing everything that's safe and um you know is making them feel safe as well okay so um they probably wouldn't have gone the way lauren went (laughs) with (laughs) birth because that would have made them feel very unsafe where lauren would have felt that she was losing control if she had gone a different way right okay yeah got it The sevens are the adventurous ones. So they are um, wanting to be content. So they might, they also struggle with like decisiveness. So they might change their mind a bunch of times. Um, They are always looking for like new adventures. And so as a mom, like a lot of energy, a lot of excitement during pregnancy, I imagine it's really hard for them to sit still Um, right now, specifically during COVID, it's like really hard for sevens just because they can't go and do all the things that they want to do. And so I imagine it would be, um, the same for pregnancy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. One of my kids, moms, one of my kids, friends, moms is a hardcore seven. She's gotta be, she's always has, she may, she puts me to shame. She has an activity, I swear, every day, and they're always running around doing fun stuff. And I'm sure she was the same during pregnancy. She just kind of kept doing her stuff, you know, just kept going to the next fun thing. Would mm-hmm. you would you think a seven would focus more on preparing for birth, or do you think they would kind of like, let's not think about all that stuff? It's- I think they'd wing it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like yeah. they're the wingers. There's like, yeah. let's figure it out. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's funny. I love yeah. it. And we heard a little about about the eight. So right. talk to about us about the lovely eights. Yeah. So the eights, they want to be in control of the situation. Um, that would means that you know that they are asking a lot of questions at you know appointments and things like that because they do want to make sure that they are like in control of everything. Um, they also, you know, are super protective of people that are around them. So they'll probably demonstrate that with their baby as well. And yeah, they're just direct. They're not afraid to say how they feel. So if, you know, they have questions or, you know, have issues with their doctor, they have no trouble saying it to their face. They will stand up for themselves. <laughs> Whereas like I had to switch um, OBs at the beginning of my pregnancy and I was like a nervous wreck about it. I was like, they're going to hate me. Like they're not going to like me anymore. And my husband was like, why do you care? You're not going to see them again. Yeah. I was like, okay, you're right. Whereas like Nate would be like, yeah, I'm switching and this is why. And you know. <laughs> so oh, it's interesting that. because I'm very direct but when it's with someone that I, like, if I have to fire someone, I can't. Like, that's impossible mm-hmm. for me. Or put some, have a hard conversation with someone I'm close to. That's really hard for me. But with, like, a total stranger, no yeah. problem. Yeah. <laughs> with, you know, so. Lauren, I'm- you're a really, I'd say you've done a lot of work and you're a really healthy eight, too. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, my husband knows that he can be a bull in a china closet. He knows that about himself and he knows like, I can't, 
scare people away. Like I can't be, I don't know. He just, he just knows. Like, I think the more you know about yourself, the more you can know, like, okay, this is maybe could come off wrong in this scenario. Right. But being a two, for example, I mean, I want to get through the numbers still, but being a two Ashton, Mm -hmm. knowing what you know about yourself, are you trying then to redirect out of your two-ness? So so sometimes, like there are varying levels of health. And so there are, you know, really great qualities of each type and then some areas of growth for each type. And so part of like knowing all of that information about your Enneagram type is being able to know when you need to redirect something. So like one of the um, not so great things about a two is that they can be a little needy and like look for affirmation from other people. And so, um, if I was like living in that state of a two all the time, I would drive my friends and family crazy. Right. Um, and so part of like the growth work of a two is, you know, developing that piece so that I can be confident in myself and in my relationships with others that I don't need to be needy or look for affirmation. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. And now, and so let's get to, so the last number is the nine. So let's hear about the nine. And how yeah. So the nines, they're the peacemakers. And so they, um, in pregnancy are going to be the ones that like go with the flow. They are like probably the most relaxed and, um, again, a little bit of indecisiveness, but they definitely are like really concerned about their environment. So where they deliver is going to be really important to them, making sure that they feel comfortable there and um, really they have a hard time like voicing their opinions. So being able to speak up uh, to doctors and nurses and things like that would be difficult, but way more concerned about environment and making sure everything's peaceful. Yes. I, my dad was a nine, my father-in-law's a nine. So I, (laughs) we have a lot of really chill. I I know that chill vibe. I feel like I heard, I don't, my dad's entire life. I never heard him raise his voice ever, which is crazy. But I think that's just the nine, right? They're just, they don't like to ruffle feathers. So I can see how in birth that might be difficult because, because there are times where we do need to, we may need to stand up for ourselves or we may need to ruffle feathers. And so that might be something a nine would struggle with, right? Right. Yeah. Interesting. This episode is brought to you by the One Strong Mama program, the game-changing prenatal and postnatal program that prepares the body for pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Based on the Body Ready Method, teaching birth and fitness pros how to assess and train prenatal clients. Go to onestrongmama.com to learn more. So how do you, um, let me see what question I want to ask you. We already talked about your birth preparation stuff as a two. So as birth workers or movement teachers or people working with really anyone, I guess it doesn't even really have to apply to birth. Like how, do, how can we use the Enneagram or personality types to help us have better relationships with people, with our clients, with our partners. Like I know relationship stuff is really your side. So how does the Enneagram come into play with that? 
So even though it's really hard to do this, it's important to, or I should say it's really hard not to do this. It's important that we never really assume what other people's Enneagram types are because at the end of the day, we don't know their motivations for their behavior. So their behaviors could look a lot like a seven, so to speak, but then maybe they're more like a two and, and have that need to feel loved and wanted. Okay. And so the first thing is, um, when working with people, you have to know what their Enneagram type is. But once you do that, it can be like extremely rewarding because you're able to adjust how you work with them based on that type, right? So if you're working with a nine, you'll know that they, um, you know, are really go with the flow, but they also have a hard time speaking up. So nurturing that side and able to like tap into that a little bit deeper. So let me just make sure I'm understanding. Are you suggesting that doulas and anybody who works in the with prenatal people, pregnant people, that they know their client's enneagram? Like, are you saying that you think that that's a really important piece? I think that it could be extremely beneficial to the relationship. Hmm. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah. You know, I've never asked a doula client what their anagram number is, but I, 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 as a, I, maybe it's a three thing. You should tell me if it is or isn't, but I, I'm really good at kind of like chameleon. I can't say the word chameleon, becoming a chameleon and kind of like what each client needs. I can kind of adapt how I serve them to fit. And I don't know if it's always necessarily because I, I don't know their anagram type. I just, I, I use my threeness perhaps to support everyone a little bit differently. Right. And that definitely is a three because threes are like big encouragers and supporters and cheerleaders. But imagine the difference in somebody who might be a six and somebody who might be an eight. So the sixes, you know, are, like I said, are going to be more, a little bit more anxious and worried and how that support would have to look different than somebody um, who is more direct and in charge and in control. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think I sense, I sometimes, maybe I shouldn't, but I think I guess a little bit at people's types. Like I guess that Lauren's an eight and you've probably just talked to her. You're like, yeah, I can, I can see that she's an eight. Um, I, you know, I kind of guess at types. I don't tell people like, this is your type, you know, right. like put them in that, like, oh, there are two. But sometimes I just get the sense of like, okay, I think this person is more motivated by, achieving. And I think this person has a really strong need for control and I can kind of support them a little differently. Right. So do you yeah. see, like, how do you think different numbers might need, like, how can we encourage the different numbers? Like you said, you touched a little bit about how the T, the two can be more needy. Mm -hmm. And maybe I, you know, I, I definitely will notice I have needy clients <laughs> versus <laughs> clients who text me once and it's meet me at the hospital. <laughs> you know, I also wonder if different numbers are more attracted to this field than others. So do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like I wonder if not ever, this is where my brain starts to overanalyze, right? Which is probably why I don't love <laughs> knowing that much about it. Cause I'm like, ah, then I can't stop. But part of me is like, I also wonder if like there's a certain number that's really drawn to doing this work and they're going to be able to adapt no matter what to their client. I could be very wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely, obviously, like, some people um, might be more drawn to it, but either way, each type is going to bring its own strengths and characteristics to the job itself, and so that, I think, is what is really interesting. Um, you know, people, it's the same with relationships. Like, people ask me all the time, like, what relationship combination mm-hmm. is the most compatible mm-hmm. or the best? And I always tell people, like, there's no, like, best relationship situation out there. It's whether or not the types are healthy. And so it's similar yeah. where mm-hmm. any type can um, do the work as, as a doula. Are all of them going to be great at it? Maybe not, you know, Um, but they'll all have different strengths that they can bring to the table. And as someone who is so fluent in that language, do you feel like you tend to be more drawn to certain numbers now that you know it? Like, does it influence who you're drawn to and does it influence who you choose as a pregnant person to be your providers? Like, are you like, oh, I only want to work with a nine or I only want to, you know, does that influence you regularly because you're so fluent in it? Um, I would say yes. Like, I wouldn't be able to, um, like, work with somebody who wasn't encouraging me. You know what I mean? And so, because I am, like, one of the sensitive types, Mm -hmm. I need somebody who's going to, like, answer the questions that I'm asking and and being very, um, like, direct with me about things versus like, I don't know if I'd be, I would love the compassion and the empathy that a nine brings, but I would need somebody to kind of like tell it to me straight. Hmm. That makes sense. I can be your doula. No, I'm kidding. I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that's really interesting. So, um, do you see common pairings? Like, like let's say a two and an, and an eight or a two and a, I don't know, like what, or is it just completely random? It's so it's health? so random. Yeah, okay. interesting. <laughs> I wish that I I wish that I did because I get that question all the time. But it really is. And what I don't see often is double pairings. I will say that. So like I don't see a lot of twos with twos or threes with threes. You know, it's kind of um, like separate. Interesting. You know, it's really fascinating. I'm a twin, and my twin is also a three. Wow. And and it's actually, and I didn't realize this until recently, but we were so competitive growing up. Like we were not friends, like we're friends now, but we were not friends through all of high school because we were, you know, like add the element of like, when you're twins, you're already competitive with each other. And we were Mm -hmm. like captains of the ski team together. So it was like, it, it brought a lot of tension. So I can imagine like having, let's say like two eights or two two twos, <laughs> like how, how they would like, I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes you need other people's strengths. Like, it's like, there's something in the eight that I need or there's mm-hmm. something, you know, I, you need, they help you with your weaknesses and maybe you help them with their weaknesses. I don't know. Well, yeah. For sure. I would add that there are probably a thousand different systems out there that look at personality types. And that is a very common, like yin and yang, right? Like that is mm-hmm. a very common finding, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, that for sure, I, I, I'm not usually, I'm drawn to having my closest friends being kind of directed ballsy, but that's not who I want as a lover. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Can you and imagine? So, <laughs> yeah. No. Yes, I can. <laughs> That's why I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> Ashton, so it, like how, how, so I am a doula. I'm not actually, but let's say hypothetically, I'm a doula. We were talking before that you think it's really, it could be really important and interesting to know your client's type mm-hmm. uh, number. Now, what do you do with that? Right. So now what? Yeah, I would just base my care and my service around knowing that information. So obviously, I don't know much about um, the doula job. (laughs) I'm new to this world and community. Um, But everything that I would do, I would just keep that information about them in the back of my head and adjust, you know, things the way that I deliver um, words or messages. I would, you know, change the way that I contact them based off of, you know, their Enneagram type and what that would mean for them. And so just changing different things depending on that. And do you recommend, since you work with relationships, uh, relationship with your prenatal yoga teacher is a relationship, a relationship with your provider is a relationship. I mean, we're in relationship with so many different. Right, exactly. So it's, isn't it, is it less about the, is it less about how they connect to us and more about how we interface with the world? Like, isn't it our job in a way to know our, um, our self and be able to kind of navigate the world from there? Obviously it's amazing when you're with someone else who's done that work, Mm -hmm. but so much of the work is probably also about I mean, it's great if you know your client is a two and you want to like deliver your language that way and all of that. But if they have to be on board two in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's always a relationship. Important. Yeah, it's always important to know yourself first and know your Enneagram type first because you can also then look at like how an eight and a two relationship looks like because we are surrounded by relationships in our lives right like every every person we interact with is a relationship that's why it was so important for me to find a good fit at my um you know where I'm receiving care because it's a relationship and I'm Mm -hmm. in it for the long haul it's not just like you know hey we're meeting one time um and so you know to the first thing to be able to look at things in the form of Um, and the framework of a relationship is extremely important, but then to say like, okay, I'm an eight and this client of mine is a two. I know that like, I'm going to be direct and so I, but I have to like soften my tone a little bit so Mm. that she can understand, um, what I'm, what I'm saying in a, in a more impactful way. Yeah. That's so I would love to hear. So we talked a little bit about the client and like what the numbers might do in pregnancy. Can you talk, flip it around? So I know like birth work is new to you, but I just want to hear, cause it could be for any job, you know, like I'm thinking, cause doula work is job or being a yoga teacher, that's your job. So what are some ways, can we walk through the numbers and like how they tend to interact in, in their work? Yeah, sure. That'd be really interesting to me. So let's just go through them. Let's just like start with number one. Like how does the one show Mm -hmm. up? That is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So ones, like I said, they're the rule followers. Um, They're going to be the ones that, well, ones and eights both are going to be the ones that don't love working in groups because they want to do the project themselves. (laughs) (laughs) 
So does that resonate? <laughs> but one, I actually love, I thrive on community and, um, I have struggled a lot as an, as a mother because I feel like, and I don't want, you're pregnant. So just the minute I say this, I want you to throw it out. But, um, <laughs> I feel that as mothers, we, we lack a lot of community support. Things are different now with Facebook groups and stuff, but uh, I do actually seek community like crazy. Maybe I'm not an eight. I seek community like no, crazy. That makes sense as an eight too. Yeah. I maybe you like I, to be in charge. I don't it- work. Yeah. I love to be in charge. Yeah. I was going to say, does it find that you're, do you find that you're the leader of said communities often? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, yes. 100%. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's not news to me. I'm the youngest of four siblings. I'm the last one to have kids. So I know about the whole lack of community thing. <laughs> so uh-huh. Don't worry. So, so you're saying the ones and the eights, they tend to be the ones who are kind of like in charge? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. The difference is that eights just like to be in charge, whereas ones feel like they're the only ones that can do things the right way. Ah, yes. Okay. So, um, so in jobs and stuff, they're going to make sure that, you know, everything is correct. So the difference between, I'm totally going out of order now though, but the difference between ones and threes then is threes just want things to be done and checked off, whereas ones want things to be done the right way. Okay, so the one is going to come to the, the doula meeting, like the interview, <laughs> and they're gonna have their iPad with all of their print, or like a printed off folder. Yes. It's all going to look perfect. Yes. Whereas like here, just, I don't know if this is three of me or not, I just come and I sit down and I'm just like, all right, what do you want for your birth? Just talk to me. Like, I just like, I, I'm just so on the fly. That could also be your four wing coming. Maybe. In. I'm just like, you know, and maybe it's just because I've been doing it for 10 years. I'm just like, nobody needs a fancy folder. They just, I, they just want to see if I'm the right fit for them. Right. So I just like show up and I'm, again, I've just been doing it for long enough. But yeah. the one, regardless, they probably just, they, th- and I, and I'm a, I love to check off boxes. If I have a checklist, and I've done something not on the checklist, I will add a box. <laughs> I don't know if that, that has to be a three. I don't know. I'll, I'll add a box just so I can like check off another. Yep. Another thing. thing. I, my one colleague is a three and she does the same exact thing. It makes me laugh so hard. You're like, I swear she adds things to like our to-do list. And I'm like, we already did that. <laughs> Why is it on there? You know, my husband, like back when I was, you know, early days of preg- of having little kids, he would like add a checkbox to my list and be like, sexy time. <laughs> Just to like <laughs> add amazing. it in. He's like, yeah. hey, it's Lindsay. There you go. The surefire way to get a three to check something off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> add it in. <laughs> so then okay. twos, yeah. twos are going to be like the nurturing type. Um, they're going to be the one that makes sure that everybody has what they need. You know, they're going to be um, the one that's like really listening to the client and and figuring out what they um, want out of them and all of that. Yeah, I bet there's a lot of twos in doula work. I I was actually going to say that. It seems like a really, because, and doulas can sometimes help to a fault because it's Mm -hmm. such a hard job and there's so much giving involved that I feel like, and maybe I think we all... Like there's very few doulas that have been doing it as long as me in my area, just because 
you give, 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 and then Such you just like, have, job. yeah, you just have nothing left. And I've, I don't know, I've been able to separate it enough where I can like do it really, really well, but I can also take care of myself at the same time. And that's the biggest reason why twos experience the most burnout in general. Oh, interesting. Because that they don't take sense. care of themselves. Yeah. Interesting. You know, like I know we're talking about like in work, but I, it's interesting as a parent as well. One of my kids is very clearly a two and you know, it could change. Like she's young, but she's the one that's worrying about everyone else. Like if I give her a treat, she's like, where are all the kids? They need treats. (laughs) Or she'll be like, you can give me the popsicle last, or she'll be cleaning her brother's room so he can have game time. And I'm like, June, you need to, like, I'm really trying to get her to worry about herself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right like so maybe yeah. a, if you're a two and you're a doula which I'm guessing is a lot of them like worry about yourself too like yeah mm-hmm. right yep for okay. sure um fours in the workplace they will be the ones that have all the creative ideas mm-hmm. so they you know are you know the ones that are thinking outside the box and they care a lot about aesthetics and so they're just bringing in a different, an entirely different piece of the puzzle. And mm. that's interesting. Yeah. Are, are fours very emotional or they, is that a different type? Yes. Are they the ones that tend to get really mm-hmm. overwhelmed? Lizzie, you're such an expert. I'm kind of yeah. loud. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> oh I'm really God. into it. I'm super. I love into- it. It's so great. Yeah. So the fours will also, you know, make things meaningful they really care about creating meaning so you're right they are the most emotional on the Enneagram and so um, they sometimes can bring that into the workplace as well okay interesting okay so let's talk yeah I wonder are eights I'm so not into meaningful stuff I wonder if that's it is an eight thing for sure so cool okay I'm starting to buy in I'm starting to buy in it's cool. It's really cool. I love it. I just think it's, it's just so helpful for me to interact with people and being like, okay, this is their, you know, like there's such a, there's such a range. Like my husband and Lauren are nothing alike yet. Like you hmm. get them together and they were like, it was hilarious. So crude. And just like, it's, it's so fun. It's so fun to just see how all these types interact with each other. Yeah. I just feel like it brings more like meaning to life. I don't know. So let's talk about what's next. The five. Fives. Yeah. Okay. So again, fives are so research-based and knowledge-based that they'll bring all the information in. Oh, I can see so if fives. You, yeah. If you don't work. have like an answer for something, they will find the answer for you if they don't already have it. Got it. And the fives are like a, the kind of the know-it-all type. Is that too, a type? Right? Yeah. Yes. So Lauren's husband, I'm pretty sure is a five and he works in our business a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. And actually my 13 year old is, I'm pretty sure a five because she loves to correct me. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) a lot of 13 year olds do, but, and she's very introverted. Mm -hmm. She, yeah, she just has a very, I think she has a very vast inner world. Like always thinking like there's, she's always in her head. Yeah. What I really like about this personality stuff, I'm interrupting you, Lens, but is that it takes away the stigma too of personality types, like this old school idea that everyone had to be like this. And if you're introverted, you're weird. And if you're extroverted, I don't know, you're a whore. I don't know, whatever, you know, like, just like (laughs) that, like that you had to be really um, like 
in the past, right? There's like everything fit neatly into a square. And what I like about this spectrum is that it allows room to just be accepting not only of yourself, but of, of, of people that you're in relationship with and also your children. Like I remember I was having a conversation with my best friend who does this whole other personality thing and she's really, really big into it. And I was talking about this quality of my daughter and I was getting so upset and like, how can I change it? And she was like, you don't need to change that. You need to accept that. And like, that's her power. Give her the tools to thrive with that. And it was such an interesting flip. Um, and I really like that as we're, as we're talking about all these personality traits, I'm like, we should celebrate these traits. They're amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no like bad type. I think mm-hmm. we, they're all different. They just all motivated differently. So sorry, we are on five. That's what I'm married to. I love fives. (laughs) They're a good compliment Um, for me. Sixes in the workplace, they are um, also, side note, my sister's an eight and she's also married to a five. So interesting. Yeah, there must be something there. Hmm. Um, So sixes in the workplace, they are, I'm a little hesitant, but they will always look to people for um, security or guidance So for example, like they are really um, invested in like the supervisor role because they tend to like look to them for advice. So maybe they're, they're like, are they like the group workers kind of? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So they, okay. I thought I was a six for a really long time, but, and I don't know why. I mean, I'm very three now that I've embraced it, but I think, I don't know, maybe it was like my insecurities, but I I never really felt like I was afraid. And I think one of the pitfalls of the six is that they're very fear-based, whereas the three is more the shame-based. Is that right? Is that right? right. Okay. I'm like, if I have something, it's so, so there's three, you, you could probably go into it more, but there's like, some of them are shame. Like they go to shame. And some of them mm-hmm. go to anger and some of them go to fear. Right. And it's, yeah, like, the, it's all grouping. Lauren, can you guess what the eight goes to? Mm, I was listening to a podcast yesterday with Ashton, anger. Oh. <laughs> yes, right? I know, I know. Well, so does, oh, I mean, I'm not saying I, I don't experience that of you. I'm just saying, like, I'm married to an eight. So I know, like, they are but not is, ashamed. Am I right, Ashton? Is it yeah. anger? Yeah. <laughs> you see, I was listening to your podcast yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Paying attention. Yeah. So, yeah, so well, I just kind of discovered like, you know what, like I'm not a six, even though I see a lot of six qualities in myself mm-hmm. because I, I'm not, if fear isn't my thing, shame is my thing. Like feeling not good at feeling like I can't live up to what I want to be. Yes. Feeling like afraid that I don't have whatever security, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I know we have to wrap up our call soon. We got to finish. So, we got seven, yes. eight, nine. Yes. So sevens in the workplace, they're going to be the ones that surround everybody with positivity. Uh, They're always looking on the bright side, really energetic. Um, Just, yeah, like a walking sunshine is how I always Yeah, and I can see people needing that too, like just needing that positivity. Yeah. This difficult sometimes situation. Yeah. Eights, like I said, they are the leaders, and so um, they really know how to get stuff done. Too, they're going to be the ones who are, you know, like dele- or, um, delegating because they just like look at the big picture of things. 
instead of like the really tiny details. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're Uh, the straight shooters too, right? They're the ones that are going to like tell you what it is, tell it like it is. Yep. Be direct about everything. And then the nines are the devil's advocate in the workplace. So they're going to be able to see all sides of a situation. Um, you know, they, are, they do have a hard time making decisions and voicing their opinions. So they're typically going to like just go along with what other people in the workplace, you know, suggest or say or things like that. But they're yeah. also very cal- a very calming presence and mm. um, empathetic and really tend to other ne- others' needs as well. Interesting. You know, my father-in-law is a OBGYN and he's a nine and everybody loves him. Like he is super <laughs> loved and he's not doing obstetrics anymore, but he, but that's interesting. I can see how that he's, I think he's very calm under pressure. Yeah. And I think that's probably something that you need in your doctor <laughs> is that they're not gonna, you know, jump the gun too quickly they're patient and calm and they make you feel you know even a doula as well they make you feel more relaxed maybe which i i can see some types needing definitely Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah ashton as a pregnant person who's beginning to immerse herself in (laughs) all this lingo um, (laughs) is there as for you know parting um well, before we part, I want to know where our, our, our clients, our listeners can find you. But before we get there, do you have any parting advice around working with this work? Because it can be, right? You said that there's like, it can put you in a box and we don't want to do that. And on the mm-hmm. other hand, it can also be an incredible tool for understanding yourself and your client. It can open new doors. What are your parting words around this? What's your advice with all of, with working with the Enneagram and having it be balanced. <laughs> yeah, I think the most important thing is just to seek to understand. I say that all the time. It's just understand where other people are coming from, understand what other people need, understand, you know, why people might be doing things a certain way. And so if you can, you know, seek to understand all this information about somebody else, it can make you, you know, a better worker, a better person in relationship with them, a better human in general. Mm, that's good. Awesome. That's so helpful. Where, where can people find you and learn more and what can, you know, what can they benefit? How can they benefit from finding you? Yeah. So my Instagram handle is just Enneagram Ashton. It's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M-A-S-H-T-O-N. And my website is EnneagramAshton.com. You can also purchase my book that came out in March called The Enneagram for Relationships wherever books are sold, but of course on Amazon and on my website as well. Sweet. I'm going to buy it. The one thing that you have that I really like on your Instagram is that you have like checklists for each type. (laughs) And I think that can be helpful for figuring out what you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I also notice you have, I think it's like Instagram story. I don't know what you call them. There's those little circles at the top and you have all the numbers. Yep. So you can go and you can click on, let's say number eight, type eight, and you can see a lot of content based yeah. on that number. So, so as we're talking, I looked up your, your, um, Instagram. Hello. Can we talk about how you got that many followers? That can be our, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Why didn't we talk about that during this conversation? Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard you saying part. yesterday that you just started in 2019. Is that right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm like, did she pay for those? How did you get those? No, I didn't. I swear. Um, <laughs> I people you. always assume that, but it's like, I mean, some I'm sure are bots, but I didn't pay for any of those bots because yeah. they don't turn into paying customers. I don't know why people do that. So um, cool. But I think it's just being consistent with your message and, you know, consistently posting um, on your on your story and on your page and, and really like showing your face. That was huge for me when I started to show people that I was an actual person Mm -hmm. instead of just an account. I think they started to connect with me a little bit more authentically and then it made them want to stick around. Yeah. And I think people, people can see your motivation. Like you're motivated clearly to help people. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that can be a big part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I just started following you and now I want to read all about an eight. So we got to go so I can go yes. read. Um, <laughs> but it was great talking to you. Yeah. I, I learned so much and I, I loved listening to your podcast yesterday too. And I was like, oh, this is going to be exciting. And it was great. So thank you. It was really yeah, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening to the One Strong Mama podcast for birth professionals. If you haven't already, please leave us a rating and a review. We really do appreciate all of the support. If you are a birth worker with an inspiring client, or if you have a birth pro in mind that we should definitely chat with, please email us at podcast at onestrongmama.com. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram at onestrongmamaprenatal for tips for all stages of pregnancy. And definitely join in on the discussion in the One Strong Mama Facebook community group. See you here next time. This episode is brought to you by the One Strong Mama program, the game-changing prenatal and postnatal program that prepares the body for pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Based on the Body Ready Method, teaching birth and fitness pros how to assess and train prenatal clients. Go to onestrongmama.com to learn more.